Greetings, Star Wars fans, and welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground, the podcast of thesciencefictionary.com. Daniel and Robbie are still away this week, so tonight I've got Marisha. Hello. And Cameron. Hello. Cameron, welcome home from Chicago. Thank you. <laughs> so we didn't make it, but uh, we got somebody on tonight that did at least. So we We're can, not jealous at all. <laughs> we can start talking a little bit about this trailer. We can catch up from everybody that posted stuff over the weekend. Uh, Cameron, just uh, up front, man, how was it? It was fun. It was my first like uh, con or Star Wars celebration type thing. So it, was, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So that was your first like con at all? Yeah, yeah. Anytime I've done anything like that. So Okay. Was it was it a little overwhelming? Uh at first it was. Then yeah. kinda got assimilated, I guess. <laughs> yeah. term. You got you some Jedi robes and assimilated, huh? Yeah. Well those weren't mine. Those weren't yours, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh that's a big con for your first one. Like I haven't seen yeah. numbers for this year, but I know Orlando really? two years ago was around seventy thousand. Yep. Lots of people. Do you have any idea how many people that were many. there? Not that many. Orlando didn't feel like that many because there was so much going on all the time. Well, the one good thing that Reed Pop did in Orlando, and I'm assuming they did in Chicago because McCormick Place is so big, they really spread everything out. Like some mm-hmm. of these cons we go to, everything's on top of each other. and All the just, people are on top of each other. If you there's 40,000 people mm-hmm. there, it feels like 80. Yeah, there was like one main room where they had all the booths and everything. And then there was about two, they used two other floors that had all the panels. And of course, like the planning your Disney trip because, you know, Disney. Right. Um, <laughs> of course. Most of the most of the people were on the that third floor, the main floor. Right. And so it, it was very crowded, but I don't know. I don't know if it was quite 70,000, but okay. there was quite a few people. Quite Yeah, quite a few. Lots of costumes, huh? Yeah, yeah. Five uh, First was obviously there, and so were the Mandalorian Mercs. Yes, they they tend to turn out in force um, for those things. Yeah, yeah, they were seemed pretty excited for the Mandalorian panel. So. Yeah, I finally watched the uh, the live stream. What is it? If it's a live stream and it's recorded, is it still a live stream? Either way, I finally watched it this afternoon, and uh, those Mandos they they looked pretty pumped. <laughs> yeah, they kept raising their helmets and blocking the view. Uh, so, were you actually? In the auditorium, or were you on one of the secondary stages watching on a screen? I was in that on the celebration stage in that main area. It, they had like a live stream on projector. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Awesome. It looked like a lot of fun. I mean, it had a lot of cool stuff. When we went to Orlando, there was a lot of really cool stuff, but there was a lot of there was a lot more new stuff this year than we had yeah. to to see stuff for in Orlando. We pretty much had Episode Eight and Rebels. Yeah, they they dropped a trailer for episode eight uh, yeah. last last time, and and that was that was pretty much the the big thing. Right. So, what all panels did you get into? Um, there was a Timothy Zahn one. That one was a really nice. good one. And then we, whenever we first got there, we got there Friday morning. We flew in Friday morning, so by the time we got there, the episode nine panel had already started, and we looked up and saw Kathleen Kennedy and kind of you know moved away from that, and then. We realized that what was actually happening, and so we started watching that trailer. Right. And then the before we left, we got to see the Mandalorian panel. So I only got to see those three panels. Okay. okay. So I know just what, because we actually watched it live here in our living room. And after the trailer, uh, you know, like at the very end when the lights go off and, and, and that cackle came out, Adeline, like she sits up real straight. She's like, 
I know who that is. I know who that is. That's the emperor. And uh, I kind of imagine, was that pretty much the, the reaction of everybody in the auditorium? Or, or did it kind of take people a minute to catch on? Well, where we were, we couldn't hear the, the laugh. So uh, we, we, it was just a black screen. And then we just saw uh, Return or the Rise of Skywalker. And then we all cheered for that. Right. And then Ian McDermott came on the stage and said, roll it again. Right. And right. so... We were all really confused, right. and then we listened to watch it again, and then we heard the laugh. Right. Okay. So then it made sense the second time. Yeah. The yeah. the laugh may have gotten. I guess it may have gotten drowned out by the mm-hmm. applause that first time. Yeah. yeah. Just the general, yeah. or just a general hum of people. Well, it wasn't what anybody expected. You know that. No. Well, you get that line. Mm-hmm. Not only did nobody expect Palpatine, but you also had that line. From nobody's the last ever Jedi, gone. you know, nobody's ever really, really gone. gone. Yeah, and of course that was you, you think about Luke Leia. or Leia or Han, and you get the Emperor, or even or <laughs> even you know you're like oh and we saw Yoda, you know you're like you kind of are thinking like all of these oh how sweet no one's ever really gone. They're like nope now we're taking it a totally different direction. Yeah, so now the not being gone is a little more menacing. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to bring him back though. Because they had like the, the uh, what's his name, Darth, um, in the Clone Wars, Darth Bane, or not Bane. Um, he no, was I Maul? I can't remember. Uh, in the, 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 anyways, they. Are you talking about the, the Clone Sith Wars in Clone Wars? Yeah. That was Bane. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, it was yeah. Darth Bane. Uh, so they had like that, that um, spirit or essence or mm-hmm. whatever they're calling it. So I don't know if they're going to do it like that or if he's like, you know, legitimately like still alive or right. if they're going to do like a Dark Empire type thing and have the clones. Yeah, I don't I don't think we're going clones, but we could. I really don't think we're going there because I think there's a reason that it was shown in conjunction with the second Death Star, you know, the wreckage. I think there's personally, I think it's more or less going to be his his essence in some way is is still tied to that place, kind of like Bane. Or if it actually is the second Death Star, then that that probably is the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was some speculation whether that was the first or second Death Star. But honestly, I, I don't... Somebody had some, like, really high-res images of the Death Star from mm-hmm. from uh, Episode 4 and from Episode 6. Mm-hmm. And, it, and there are some things that look more like the original Death Star about the dish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just... I can't see how it makes sense... To go yeah. back to the first Death Star, like the second Death Star is way more tied to Vader and, Ana- you know, to Anakin's story and to Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Palpatine wasn't even on the first Death Star at any Right, because the first Death Star mm-hmm. was really, uh, you know, somebody else's project, you know. I mean, even in the beginning of New Hope, he's, Vader's not at all impressed with this technological Right, I mean, well, and that's what Rogue One shows us. I mean, that's Tarkin's and... Uh, Krennic's project and yeah um so it I, I really think it has to be the second death star wherever mm-hmm. it happens to be I, I don't you know it's in water which well i mean that that moon the the moon of endor, endor. is orbiting a planet right yes but right. unless they retcon okay so as far as we know it currently, now they can change it because it's never been done in a movie. And the rule has always been if a movie decides to do something that it supersedes anything in a book or That's a comic fair. book. Mm-hmm. So now they haven't done that 
since they like reset the cannon. Like they haven't really gone back and retconned anything Yet. big like that. But as far as we know, the planet of Endor, not not the moon. The moon mm-hmm. and the planet are both known as Endor. Okay. The the moon is technically the forest moon of Endor. Okay. So the planet is a gas giant. Okay. It's it's not habitable. Okay. The, so the habitable thing is the is and the, the only moon. other moon we know about from any from old canon has no atmosphere. Okay. Now Endor, well, I think, I, I think that the moon of Endor does have oceans, if I remember correctly, from somewhere. Yeah, there's some old stuff. I actually looked it up a little while ago on the Star Wars wiki, and it's it's a very small percentage of the planet is water. It's only hmm. like eight percent, but. Hey, that's all you need. I mean, yeah, eight percent of a, you know, of a moon is still sizable. Yeah. So, but I mean, you know, you also have this thing exploding in space, and who knows where all right. pieces went. Yeah. So I, I, I don't mean, know. I don't know how they're gonna do all that. But we had another. There was in the in the Vader series, the comic series that ended earlier this year, or actually, I guess the end of last year. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll um, keep track of that, that Vader series has a mask in mm-hmm. it that uh Vader that that this architect who's building Vader's castle mm-hmm. on Mustafar. I don't know, I hadn't read the comic. We need Daniel here to explain all this. But basically this architect comes in contact with this mask, puts it on. The mask basically has it's kind of like the Bane thing. There's this essence of this ancient Sith Lord attached to that mask. Right. And it kind of takes control of the guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we have two cases in canon of some sort of spirit of a Sith existing after their right. death. And we have others from Legends I don't know, like the, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know, because we also have this, the whole narrative about Darth Plagueis, about Plagueis who learned to control midi-chlorians to cheat death. Right. So, <laughs> you know, if you go back to that narrative, like he could be alive or he could be some sort of spirit and it's going to be one of the two. I really don't see him. I don't think the clone concept makes sense and the other one that people have thrown out cameron have you played battlefront 2 no okay so as part of palpatine's plan operation cinder which was his way to reset the empire in the event of his death the way that worked out he had these sentinels which were basically droids holograms with a hologram of his face on you know for the face and they delivered this message to, you know, various people in the Empire of how to proceed. So some people think that it could be a Sentinel, but I like, that's that's my least favorite idea. I, I like yeah. clones way better than I like the idea of it being a Sentinel. Yeah, yeah I, don't think, I don't think they would go with that. Yeah, no, that one, and especially, that's a really, that's a weird thing to pull in from something as obscure as a video game comparatively. Well, not just that, because those those are just him delivering a message. They're right. not, they're not, they're it's, not Palpatine. They're not. It's like a, on a, what, Inspector Gadget, you know, they give him, you know, the <laughs> self-destructing, you know, messages, something right. like that. Right. Yeah, I don't know where they're going with the Palpatine thing, but it we've, we've talked about before, I, you know, Cameron hadn't been here to talk about it, but. We've talked about before, if you go back to the Phantom Menace, go back to, 
you know, page one of this story, this is all been Palpatine's plan. Sneaky, devious Palpatine, yeah. yeah. So it makes sense that if we're coming back and we're going to wrap the whole story up, that Mm -hmm. he's there in some capacity at the end. Yeah, and that's fair. Now, I have to say, because, you know, there were, I don't know, Cameron, if you heard, like, the rumors that people were kind of talking about, like, oh, Palpatine's totally showing up. And I was like, he's not. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Y'all quit saying that. No way. You hadn't said that to me on the show any of the times I've said Palpatine was coming back. Well, but I thought it. I wouldn't tell you that because I'm too nice. But now I'm saying it. I was just like, no, Palpatine's not coming back. I mean, why? But here we go. He, 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 he. So... And I have to say, though, if they're bringing Palpatine back, I'm glad that J.J. Abrams is the one bringing it back and not Ryan Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. From, well, from everything that I understood, it's just J.J. Abrams is just kind of correcting everything that um, Abr- or Johnson has done. Right. Oh, he wouldn't say that, you know. No, he he's wouldn't too say that. But he did, in an interview last week with Collider, actually talked about mm-hmm. how Ryan Johnson was writing episode eight before they were finished with seven and before he had talked to JJ, he had already started writing. That's insane. And you know, there's, there's been this narrative from Lucasfilm that this was all planned from the beginning. And in that interview the other day, I mean, JJ basically said, you know, Ryan kind of went a different way with it. And so now we're going to kind of like figure out how to go back, make it all work. And, you know, JJ's never going to come out and say, Ryan screwed up. He's never going to say it. Yeah, Simon Pegg came out and said it. Simon Pegg will say it. (laughs) A couple couple of months ago, like Simon Pegg, I don't know who he was talking to, but he just got going on about how how much they had messed up the plan. Oh, he did it again. Like like two weeks ago in an interview, he did it again. Oh my gosh. (laughs) But he liked, he liked The Force Awakens. And he has really, he hasn't come out and said, he's never said that he doesn't like The Last Jedi, but he has definitely come out and said that Ryan altered J.J.'s story. The official narrative was always, oh no, nobody's rewriting anybody's story. And it kind of turns out, yeah. Well, J.J. said in an interview, and Marisha sent it to me, but I don't have it in front of me, where... <clears throat> he was talking about race parents and basically yeah. what he indicated was, did you find it here? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. So this is what JJ Abrams said. Uh, Abrams declared that rise of the Skywalker will further delve into race parents into who race parents were in a way that honors the events of the former film and Kylo Ren's declaration of the two just being unimportant scavengers who sold her for drinking money. However, so but he did say in another but, interview, however, there is a lot more to the story. Right. So they've, they found a way. They're not just going to, one, they're not, they're not just going to go with what Ryan said, you know, with Ryan's right. idea. And, but they're not necessarily going to say, well, they're not yeah. just going to gloss over it and pretend like he didn't say it. They've found a way to use it in the narrative. And whether that be Kylo lied or whether it be Kylo just didn't know the whole story. Because the whole thing about the things that Kylo and Rey thought when they went into that fight, when they went to the throne room Mm -hmm. in in episode eight, Rey had this, had already had this idea of Kylo's going to turn. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. And Kylo already had this same idea about Rey that she's going to turn. I've seen it. And 
so they both missed pieces important pieces of of yeah. the puzzle because what they saw was each other was them fighting together right and they misunderstood it so it's possible that kylo just missed part of the story i'm sorry cameron what were you going to say well see kylo might also be right from a certain point of view ah <laughs> right that's yeah and i think honestly cameron i think that's probably exactly where they're going to go with it. It's like, yeah, but I mean, cause what it, it wasn't kind of lying to say that, you know, Darth Vader killed Anakin Skywalker. I mean, you know, that whole, from a certain point of view thing, you can really stretch the truth that that's your rationale. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and, you know, the whole thing was, and, and there are people, and Daniel's not here. I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to, bag on Daniel too bad because he's not here to defend himself but uh, Daniel is really latched on to the idea he loves the fact that Ray's a nobody that Ray's not a Skywalker but if this I've said all along if this is the Skywalker saga then ultimately the most important characters are the Skywalkers right they, they have to be it's the story and so if she's not then she is not the main character. So what do you think, Cameron? Do you think it's important for Ray to be a nobody or that she be a somebody or that she be a Skywalker, or that she be a force person? Or do you think well, it matters? With with the way that they kind of went with her, with her just kind of, you know, instant, more or less instantly getting all, like, becoming all powerful and being able to defeat Kylo. I, I feel like she has to have some sort of, you know, more of a, a background than just nobody. Mm-hmm. I I think she should probably be a, a Skywalker, or you know, something of of notable interest just because of that. I think that you're right, and I think that that was the point. You know, I think I don't think the point was, and she's just for some unknown reason super good at all the things. I think that she's super good at all the things for a reason. Yeah, and whenever they showed us the trailer in that, that first half of, of when she's in the desert, no one was really interested in that. Cause we were all just like, okay, she's still just as powerful. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Yeah. Although I, I don't know. I, was, I thought the whole jumping over the thing was pretty cool. I thought that was a cool shot. It is a cool shot. I yeah. still want to, I'm still like, I'm super excited and anxious to know what they're not showing us yeah. in that scene because it's, it's really awesome looking. But on its own, it's a little weird. Mm-hmm. There are some mm-hmm. things you go, what exactly is happening here? If it's Kylo trying to kill her, like, why didn't he just shoot her? Shoot her. Shoot. Right. And then they also, I mean, they showed us the gloves on the controls, but they didn't show us who's actually operating it. I assume it's Kylo. It doesn't make sense for it to be anybody else, but. It could the, be anybody. At the same time. And it, and it might not even be real. We know we're doing more visions mm. in this one. Ooh, that's a that's a good. Mm, yeah. So we don't really know, but it's it's an awesome looking shot. Uh, but we're, we were talking we're, about this. You get that first half where she's in the desert, and it's really cool, beautiful landscape. I'm still not totally sure what planet they're on, but I mean, when you get into the second half of that trailer, like there's no shot in that trailer that's wasted. Like everything that they show is important. Yeah, they they definitely did a good job on you know get piquing interest and getting people to talk about the movie, which is you know the whole point of this. Exactly, and then yeah, what else is a trailer for? But for people to sit around and talk about it and yeah. try and figure out what on earth it means. Yeah, but they didn't really give us much 
to you know base no. off of they did they, so. they gave us a whole lot of things for conjecture yeah there's not much there's not much concrete to go on it's like and that was two seconds long let's see how much can we extrapolate from this two second clip of kylo ren beating up some people somewhere <laughs> so luke's narration at the beginning Mm-hmm. It is interesting. You know, basically, it basically says, you're the torchbearer now. You mm-hmm. are. All but says, you're the last Jedi. Right. That same kind of... I was thinking about this. The Not the teaser for um, Force Awakens, but the first full trailer was the same. It was Luke's monologue, the Force is strong in my family. Mm-hmm. My father had it. My sister had You know. Well, and that's that whole thing. You go back to that very first mm-hmm. trailer for Seven. Yep. And there's no doubt when you watch that trailer, you should not walk away from it with any doubt that this character is a Skywalker. Yeah. I and mean, then that's Daisy I... Ridley, after, after Seven came out and people were like, who are Ray's parents? And in an interview, she said, I really didn't think that it would be that hard to figure out who Ray's parents were. I mean, she, you know, she said, I always thought it was obvious. Who knows? And we know J.J. likes twists, so he's going to use what Ryan Johnson did. Mm-hmm. In his favor for whatever it is that he's going to do. Um, in Luke's narration, though, at the beginning of that trailer, he says, we've passed on all we know. Do you think somebody else is involved in Ray's training? Ooh. Well, that first scene, the first half in the desert, uh, the I was talking to a guy in the airport on my way back, and he thought that it was Kylo training Ray. And that's why he didn't shoot her. That's... Well, not, I know but... there's a lot of people that think that that's what it is. And I'm, I'm not opposed to it depending on how they get there but i think it that's one that i think would leave a huge unless they somehow get there like mid-movie mm-hmm. you can't open up with that no. and i somehow no. think that that scene is going to happen pretty early on yeah um that's kind of been the trend with star wars trailers is, is some of these mm-hmm. this, when they show more of a scene right it's early yeah if they're showing shots yeah. It's mid to late. Yeah, kind of like, you remember that first Avengers trailer whenever the entire trailer was cut from like the first five minutes right. of the movie? Right, yeah. So that's kind of been the same. So since they showed so much of that scene, I really think it's towards the beginning. And where we left Ray and Kylo, Yeah. I just don't know how they They're can They're probably, get... their relationship isn't at that stage right now. <laughs> well, I don't see how they can get to the point at any point in this movie mm-hmm. where Kylo is training Ray. Yeah. Not to mention, he's not that much more powerful than she is. But he is much more um, knowledgeable. Yeah. And that's the thing. Anakin Skywalker was stupid powerful, but he still spent the next 10 years of his life getting trained. It's true. I still think that if we is in that opening narration is either just general, the Jedi as a Mm -hmm. whole, we've passed on everything. But I think if somebody else is involved in the training, I think it's it's Yoda or we possibly get talked at length about what it would mean to get an Obi-Wan Force Ghost back. Or, you know, the one we really want is is Anakin. Hayden Christensen? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he's. I think that there's... I don't think it's a coincidence that he started showing up at Celebration again. Yeah, yeah. No, because he had not done celebr- He had not done anything Star Wars. No, for- like he stayed a long way away from Star Wars for a really long time. And honestly, after he showed up at the last celebration, I really expected to see him in eight. 
So yeah, there are a lot of people that have the theory that that is Kylo training Ray, but one, I think it's going to be hard to get to that point in the story mm-hmm. based on where we left those two, yeah. where they've kind of, where Ray literally closed the door on Kylo. Right. So you've got that part of it. And then if she's literally closed the door on Kylo mm-hmm. and she's, you know, I just, the other part of that is if that's a training sequence, it's really weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like, okay, we're training. It's like if the Cirque du Soleil training, was doing uh, Jedi training. <laughs> what it's like, if we're training here, but if you get this wrong, you're dead. Yeah. I Isn't yeah. that what training with the lightsaber automatically is, though? I mean... Well, no. I mean, when we see Luke training, yeah. we see Luke balancing Yoda, balancing rocks. You mess up, you get bumps and bruises. Right. But you're not... Going to get clobbered by a... What is that? An interceptor? A... That's the TIE Silencer. Silencer. TIE Silencer. It's a new one by the looks of it. Yeah, it looks a little different. See, I, I pay really close attention to costumes. I don't pay super close attention to <laughs> all the details on the ships. Like, it's a ship. It's kind of TIE Fighter-ish. That's about as far as, as my observation goes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So one of the other things we get, like, you get the midway point. She jumps over the over the TIE Silencer. You get the break this Christmas. And then your very next shot is of a ship flying to some unknown planet. Mm -hmm. It's a ship that is unfamiliar. It's not like, it's not the Falcon. It's not an X-Wing. It's, Mm -hmm. but that ship was familiar in that it looks incredibly similar to the ship that we see in Ray's vision from The Force Awakens, Mm -hmm. where she has the vision of her parents or whoever was on that ship flying away away when it with uncar plant right standing behind her yeah yeah, yeah whenever so we sad. first saw this the first time they played it we all thought that was an a-wing yeah it's kind of got that look but but from a rear yeah, profile that, that other ship does too yeah but now that i look at it uh, i don't i don't know Unfortunately, I, I had seen a high res, a better high res image of it earlier, and I couldn't find it when I was trying to get that to send to y'all. But mm-hmm. there are the two engines on the back mm-hmm. are definite. There is a curved canopy over the top. Mm-hmm. There are some some profile things that look strikingly similar. What do you? Yeah, think? it's got those those little wings too. Yeah, I I don't think that whole sequence was just a throwaway. I don't think that whole That's, vision sequence there it was there was a point to it. There was, but I also don't think that they showed us that shot in this trailer for nothing. It's a quick, yeah, like almost just a few frames, yeah, and it's gone. And it, but why put that in a trailer if it's not important? Important, important in yeah. some way. I don't know. And then like the the planet too. We don't really know what planet that is either. Yeah. The yeah. planet's weird. Yeah, the planet is something unfamiliar as well. It it looks, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of dark, but it kind of reminds me of the, the planet they go to in Rogue One, where Jenna. they, I can't remember what what it's called, but they see um her dad. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah, it the... does. I can't think of the name of that planet either. But I don't see why they would have put that important of a location or that location on like an inhabited planet like this. 
I think I feel like they would put that on more. It, yeah. Now it was interesting. I'm I'm curious. I mean, it looks like we're definitely going back to some familiar places. What planet do y'all think she's on in the beginning of that? If she's actually provided that it's not a vision that she's actually on a, on a planet. Although if it's a vision, it may still be important. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got three desert planets. We've got Jetta, we've got Tatooine, and we've got Jakku. I mean, it kind of reminds me of um, Tatooine from the Rebels uh, Maul versus Obi-Wan scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that a little bit. It kind of like me Tatooine. of that. It kinda look, I kind of like the idea of it going back to Tatooine. It looks shockingly, like strikingly similar to Jetta. But yeah. it's because they filmed it in Jordan, where they right. filmed the stuff for Jetta. So... I mean, it may be that it's not supposed to be Jetta at all. Right. I mean, if it is Tatooine, if it is Tatooine, I feel like that'd be more J.D. just trying to go for the nostalgia factor than anything. Right. Yeah. Well, all three, you could make an argument for all three planets being important to this final story. Yeah. Well, because the Jetta's got that ancient, you know. Well, there's, well, I mean, there's not going to be an ancient Sith temple there anymore because. I mean, ancient Jedi temple. Yeah, yeah. Ancient no, but it, but it's an ancient place where the force is powerful. Right. Force is strong. It could just be I don't know. Yeah, but the the series did kind of start off in Tatooine, more or less. Yeah, it, and so. there's kind of a poetic justice. I mean, we haven't been to Tatooine yet. We started, you know, we we went to Tatooine in Episode One. We went to Tatooine in Episode Four. We haven't been to Tatooine yet, and and I think that even though Tatooine kind of gets it's just it's just nowhere you know Anakin Skywalker's just nobody from nowhere but he's not so I kind of wonder if there isn't something a little more important about Tatooine even than we've ever kind of gotten does that make sense it's possible we there are some old stories you go back to Knights of the Old Republic and some of those and Tatooine was an incredibly important place Mm -hmm. we didn't necessarily ever find out why there were ancient Jedi and Sith relics okay there but that's all non-canon that's all legends but mm-hmm. we do know they're dragging some of that stuff back in right yeah Dave Filoni told us that yeah they're he, trying to bring as much legends back in as they can yeah he likes his deep cuts for sure yep <laughs> well you know the thing is there were some the reason they did away with legends because it was so expansive and so convoluted. And so convoluted yeah. that it left no room for them to really come in and tell stories without stepping on stuff and making people mad. Mm-hmm. So they just said, take it, set it aside. We'll call it Legends. And when we have an opportunity, I forget who it was. Stuff. I think it was, I think it was Filoni that said, when we have an opportunity to bring things back, we will. Mm-hmm. Um, that might have actually been Pablo Hidalgo that said that, but regardless, somebody, somebody involved with, yeah, you know, was basically saying, or when asked specifically, like, you know, is this canon or not? His response was, it's not until it is right. meaning that they're trying to bring stuff back because there are certainly really great ideas in, in the old, old in the old expanded universe that are worth bringing back. Like Thrawn. Like, like Thrawn. Thrawn yeah. Yes. Have you read any of the new Thrawn books, Cameron? No, I haven't had a chance to. Was the Zahn panel about the new book, or what were they talking about in there? They talked a little bit about the new book, and it was most 
mostly just kind of the you know basic questions about about him and his career. Yeah, he he really likes to talk about Star Wars. At Dragon Con last year, there was a panel with him and who was the other guy that was on there, an old Legends writer. Oh, gosh. They had... I can't remember. remember. Was Stackpole on there? Yeah, I think so. Michael Stackpole, yeah. And they were just... They had the grandest time talking about the good old days of writing Star Wars novels whenever, you know, you could bring it home and let all your friends read it before it got published. Yeah, yeah they, they really keep them tied in. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the Thrawn story is, is gone now, but... Yeah, he's always got a lot of interesting things to say, you know, just about Star Wars in general. Yeah, well, I mean, he's he's very very knowledgeable on mm-hmm. it, and he he approaches it from a, a very analytical place. And mm-hmm. so, one of the other things we had, like one of the big questions, going back to the trailer, was we see Kylo Ren real briefly. We kind of get another like they'll never say it, but almost another jab at the Last Jedi with Kylo. Right. Is is gluing you know his gluing his together. helmet back together his mask back together? Actually, I don't think that is Kylo. We're doing it because if you look at his hands, they got they're kind of hairy. So I don't think it's Kylo repairing his helmet. But you don't think he's got somebody else repairing it, or you think some? You think it's completely unrelated to him? Well, Boy. there was a, there was like a little post like a massive poster thing going across, um, and it had Kylo wearing the helmet. So okay. I, I think he's got someone repairing it for him, okay. most likely. Okay. Yeah. Well, he definitely has it on when he throws where I, what I was getting to next. Like, you see him putting the helmet back together, but the other thing we see is him killing somebody mm-hmm. with that with that lightsaber. It looks like one of the Knights of Ren. I mean, it's yeah. another black-hooded, cloaked individual. Mm-hmm. I did see some, I can't remember whose video it was, but they were talking about how the Knights of Ren might be following um, Palpatine. So that might be why. That's an interesting idea. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, well, we, I mean, we don't know what kind of. We don't know anything about the Knights of Ren. Right. It's clearly supposedly important that he's the leader of the Knights of Ren, but we don't know jack about him. We've never even seen him. at least he was. Like, we don't know what kind of, you know, their, their current state state between between them is i mean they may not have left on good terms whatever has happened in the past i kind of suspect that kylo doesn't tend to leave anything on good terms just based on what we've seen thus far yeah (laughs) i mean he he uh tries to kill luke he does kill his next master and then whenever ray pisses him off then she try that he tries to blow up the building that she's in so he doesn't seem to leave things off gracefully so i don't know i just i don't know i mean we obviously get this great shot of him Mm -hmm. just throwing down pure strength just throwing some guy down and Mm -hmm. um you know i'm curious to see what it is i mean we were told the knights of ren are in this Uh uh-huh so it's it's going to be interesting to see what role they play yeah I've always thought it would be interesting to have a third faction involved somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, he's also like fighting with some first order troops as well. So right. it, it seems like it's, it's gotta be a, a relatively important battle. then. here's the thing about Kylo Ren. I mean, he's a little bit unhinged and Hux does not like him at all. Eventually there's going to be a coup. Now we may not ever see it, but if Kylo Ren live, lives long enough, 
it's all going to come to a head. It's not all going to be pretty and, and rosy. Well, that's, that's kind of the interesting thing, though, is I'm really starting to question how much of a role Hux is going to play in this movie. Really? Because we haven't seen him on anything, have we? No, like very little. I, I'm starting to wonder if Hux doesn't die early on in this movie. The thing is, if we're really going to wrap up, like All this is wrapping up a non-movie arc Mm -hmm. like you don't necessarily have room to tell these little side stories yeah you may need to do like they did in the first five minutes of a for ragnarok and kill off all the excess everything (laughs) yeah (laughs) like and we killed off the warriors three and we got rid of jane foster and you know like let's just you know everything that we don't need for today it's gone so Yeah. yeah i'm really starting to wonder uh, what kind of role some of the side characters are, are going to play. I mean, they're, they're going to be in it. We know they're going to be in it. Right. But I Kyla don't, may kill I him. Don't, Kyla don't like him. I don't see a lot of room for telling more Huck's story mm-hmm. or more Rose story. Yeah. You know, there's, uh, the characters are fine. I mean, do more with them some way, somehow, and something Make else. Make a spinoff but, movie or a TV show 10 years from now. But for today... Yeah. They could do a Hux and Rose adventure movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's not even that much emotional attachment to those characters either. Right. So I don't know. I don't think like the, you know, audience is really going to care that much about any story arc with them anyways. No, I don't think so. No, because I mean, that's the thing. They're secondary to, to what's really important in this story. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like wasting it's almost like wasting part of your runtime that you've got to tell yeah. your main story. So we're not going to get a lot of side stories. That's why our heroes are all together for this story. Right. The rise of Skywalker. I mean, what is that even supposed to mean? Well, that's what we're supposed to spend the next eight months uh, yeah. asking ourselves. I mean, like, what is that even supposed to mean? Well, is it even a person? It could uh-huh. be what they call the New Jedi Order or something yeah, like that. Yeah, exactly. It could or, be. And if it's referring to a person, which person is it referring to? Mm-hmm. Which Skywalker? Right. Because when I think, if if the first two movies are, if the first two trilogies are Anakin's story, the only one we've ever really referred to explicitly as Skywalker is Anakin. Mm-hmm. Is it still Anakin's story? Is it somehow... Grandfather. <laughs> it, I mean, is is when we talk about the rise of Skywalker, are we still somehow talking about Anakin? Are we talking about Anakin? Uh, Cameron, you're, you've watched Clone Wars, right? Yes. You've seen the Mortis arc? Uh, I think probably. That's the one where they go they go to the weird planet and they've got oh, the yeah, father yeah. and the, the, the son and the daughter. I mean, is the rise of Skywalker Anakin taking his place as the keeper of the balance on Mortis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They, they I mean, I don't see him making that, that deep, deep dive in this movie, but I, I don't know. I mean, is he the new entity? Is he, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's a movie, so they don't, they only have a set this amount of time. They don't have as much right. as they did on the Clone Wars to explore or themes like that. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. But, you yeah, know, I, I do find the, like, is it maybe even not a person? Is it something, uh, a, an organization, a, a movement, a religion? I still uh, well, think it's Ray. I still think Ray's a Skywalker. I know it's not the thing to say, but come on now. 
Well, in the in the voiceover, he said the Jedi have you know passed this on for a thousand generations or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes it sound sound like it's she's carrying on the Jedi. Right. So I don't know if it's gonna they're gonna you know go hey and we're now called Skywalkers or whatever. So I think yeah. they're gonna continue calling Jedi Jedi. I do too. Um, one because if nothing else, you don't throw out that part of your merchandising if you're Disney. <laughs> yeah. Like you've seriously built like this whole brand in your parks. You're not you're not throwing away the name Jedi. Yeah. You're just not. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean that it's not somehow still tied to this order of Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally still think it's a person and I'm just not sure who, who do you think it is? If it's a person, Cameron, which person do you think it is? I'm hoping it's Hayden Christian, but I, I don't, I don't think they will do that. It it might be Ray. One, One of those two that that's my bet is one of those two. Yeah. Well, like I said, I, I hope we get to see. I want to see a Force Ghost besides just Yoda. I really, I really want to see Obi Wan, and I want to see Skywalker. I want to see, you know, them. I want to see him back. I mean, I would be content with that man staring because he was pretty good at that in Episode Three. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Those. So uh, you're gonna grow out your hair again, Cameron, right? So I can, so we can totally go to a con and do. Uh, you can do Anakin like with the long curly hair going. <laughs> No, I don't think anyone would appreciate me doing that again. <laughs> well, you know, you could, you could, you could work on your like your death glare. You just stalk yeah. around the con and just <laughs> glare at people. I'm sure your mom would be thrilled if she knew I was trying to talk you into growing your hair back out. <laughs> no, I got to keep the uh, previsa look. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now, the before we wrap up talking about the trailer, the one last thing to be considered when we talk about the rise of Skywalker mm-hmm. is the fact that Leia's theme plays throughout the entirety of that trailer. Yes. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Bum 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 bum. That's that's Leia's theme. Oh yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that. Huh. Well, you know, because the first time. Like after the second time we rolled it again, um, Andrew says, is that Leia's theme? I was like, no, that's just, that's the force theme. And then the next time I watched it, I was like, oh no, he's right. That is definitely. So like before we recorded, I sat down and I turned on Leia's theme and we listened to it and it's definitely, and that's what it is. I mean, she does have her like little spacewalk in episode eight. It's true. It's true. We got to do your Superman number. (laughs) So I have tried to tie themes in trailers to theories for the movies and it very rarely works. And it's very, a lot of times that music, I really think that music was for Carrie. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it was so in that scene, whenever the, whenever she's hugging Ray and Ray's got that tear coming down her eye, her face. I think that's what that was for. I think it was for more effect. I think it was an effect. Yeah. And it worked. Once I realized that's what it was, I was all teary-eyed. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, other cool stuff we had in there. I mean, we have what look like, I guess, Finn and Poe and C-3PO in some sort of crazy Mad Max-looking sequence in the desert. Yeah, getting chased by, I, I'm assuming it's the first order that's chasing them. Yeah. Uh, we had that. We have uh, someone holding either Han's or Luke's Medal of Bravery mm-hmm. from or A Ch- New Hope. Please. I think it's Leia that's holding it. Or Chewie's. 
Could be Chewies. Could be Chewies. <laughs> well, they did they did give Chewie one in uh, one of the books or one of the comics. It was okay. they 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 at some point later he was given the medal. Okay. And they like explained the whole thing. Why he didn't get a medal <laughs> in that ceremony? Because that's been bothering people for a while. Right. So, uh, but no, but like looking at the hands that are holding it, I'm pretty sure that's Leia that's holding that medal. I think yeah, it's Han's it like medal. It. And I think that Leia's got it. I, I think that makes the most sense. Definitely, yeah. That and the dice, you know, that disappeared. I think that's kind of the, the tangible remains of Han. Yeah. Because heaven knows there ain't nothing else left of him. I don't know. I mean, if Maul survived a fall down a big, deep hole, and now if Palpatine survived a fall down a big, deep hole. (laughs) That's true. I wonder if uh, Mace Windu survived his fall. That, you know, it's always that. That was the, the, you remember whenever we first saw uh, the first footage of of Finn, everybody was like, that's definitely Mace Windu's son. In fact, uh, (laughs) apparently um, Samuel L. Jackson saw John Boyega somewhere was like, hey, it's my son, you know, so he's all about that particular theory. Um, well, there have been Jackson. some theories that that Mace Windu survived that fall. And, yeah. and there's been my understanding is that early on, there was some intentions of doing something with that, but they have not done that yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, from the sounds of it, Samuel L. Jackson's definitely ready to do it. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's like always 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 anytime he gets a chance he's like oh yeah he's and if you, tough. I, he totally lived yeah like he said in several interviews you know he'll people say and at, th- at this point it's just they they say it just to give him a chance to uh respond he's like oh no he's alive yeah, he's, like, yeah. yeah he, he's he's confident that there's no way that mace windu's not alive out there somewhere mm-hmm. yeah I mean, he is Samuel L. Jackson. He got a purple lightsaber because he wanted it. So, you know, I mean, I guess if he wants to be alive, maybe he can be. Yeah, but that was with Lucas. I don't know if he'll have that persuasive <laughs> that, power with, with Abrams. That's true. That's true. All right. So, I mean, that pretty much covers the trailer. The big thing, the other big thing, the probably the thing that I'm the most excited about other than Nine, and it's right there with Nine for me, is the Mandalorian. Yes. And yes, Cameron, that's... you got to see some stuff we haven't gotten to see yet. If you were at that panel. <laughs> yep. uh, there's actually a video of it on, on YouTube. There are, but they're just it. not, they're not super clear. I'm sure you've no. got to see it in better resolution than we did. Yeah. It was, it was sort of a trailer and it was um, the guy that plays happy in Iron Man, the guy that's directing yeah, it. Favre. Was kind of, yeah. He was kind of um, explaining how they were trying to um, bring back legend stuff mm-hmm. um, as much as they could. And it was um, a wild west type uh, meets a samurai film is right. what they were explaining it by. Well, that's, that's um, really what Lucas based the original trilogy on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was, that was why they inspired were inspired by that. That's those two I... genres. Yeah. Um, and there was some, um, they were using like actually practical effects on this too. And they showed how they were doing that. It was more like behind the scenes of filming than an actual trailer. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I'm really excited to see more practical. I mean, practical effects, there's just something about them. You, you just can't quite replicate with a computer. No, no. And, and the guy that were that made the models and um, the equipment for uh, getting those shots, oh, they yeah. made all that in their in their garage. <laughs> As one does. Yeah. As one does whenever one works for ILM, I guess. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, those guys at ILM are the, the best of the best in that field. I mean, there's no telling what those guys can build in their garages. But, I, yeah. I think my favorite line in the panel was, it was like the Star Wars club at your school, just way bigger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was really cool listening to Favreau and Filoni talk Star Wars mm-hmm. because listening to them is such a throwback. Like, you know, it's like listening to old George Lucas interviews mm-hmm. with, with Kasdan and, and those guys, those, the guys that created the original trilogy, mm-hmm. they definitely got themselves in that sort of mindset mm-hmm. when they set out, which I think Filoni exists in that mindset. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I think that's why Favreau brought him on board. Yeah. Uh, because they've worked together before. And really, you know, I've said several times on, on here, Filoni is the the creative heir to George Lucas. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And I, I hope to see Filoni involved with more and more stuff. But after listening yeah. to the, them talk and the way they work together, it's like, man, give them a movie trilogy. <laughs> Yeah, yes. well, you can tell that they're actually, you know, hardcore fans of, of yes. this series. They, yes. they are, but it's, you know, hearing them talk, and it's just, like I said, such a throwback to, it's this big collaborative effort, mm-hmm. like the original, like yeah, A New Hope and Empire were, where they set out to do something... Novel and new. You knew and create all this new technology. Now, they weren't necessarily pushing the envelope of technology, at least as far as we know. I mean, Filoni, not Filoni, uh, Favreau, Favreau does. is like, you know, the king of pushing technology, movie-making technology forward right now uh, with the Jungle Book and mm-hmm. the Lion King coming out. Yeah. I mean, he's doing just absolutely incredible things. But the fact that they're blending his yes. knowledge of digital with the practical. Yes, and I think that's the magic I think that's going to be the real magic for this series is that you've got Filoni, who is a very Lucas-influenced thinker as far as Star Wars goes, and Jon Favreau, who is doing the sort of things that George Lucas was doing in the 70s. He's doing it today. Right. As far as the innovator, you know, his innovation, in innovation, he's the new George Lucas. Yes. George Lucas's idea, in fact, it was... George Lucas actually kind of spoke out against episode seven. Um, it didn't really go over well. And right. they kind of, at some point, everybody, I think, just agreed to just pretend it didn't happen. Uh-huh. But his problem was, he said, when we made the other movies, we were always pushing movie making forward. Mm-hmm. You know, with the originals, he created all of those methods. And then Phantom Menace is really the first digital movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely, people complained about it, but it was groundbreaking and and movies wouldn't be where they are today. In both the digital technology and the motion capture. Yeah. You know, when we talk motion capture, we mostly talk about, what's his name? Uh, Gollum. (laughs) Gollum. Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. (laughs) When we talk motion capture, we mostly talk Andy Serkis, and he has certainly elevated Mm -hmm. the platform. But the things that Ahmed Best did, Ahmed Best was the pioneer in mocap that led to yeah. things like Gollum and then the the uh, Caesar in Planet of the Apes. And that's where Ahmed Best has never gotten the credit that he's right. due. Because everybody thought he was, Jar Jar was so annoying. Right, because Jar Jar was mm. annoying. And yeah. different people of different ages feel differently about that character. How do you feel about Jar Jar Cameron? You were like three when the movie came out. 
Um, I was really hoping that they would confirm the Darth Jar Jar theory. <laughs> but they didn't. How old were you? Oh, that was like the year you were born, wasn't it? Yeah, that was 99. Oh, my God. That makes me feel so old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, it's the same way we have David on here Yeah, every few weeks. It's the same age. I know, but I don't remember whenever David was born. I remember the day Cameron was born. Cameron's my cousin, just for the record of anybody who doesn't know. My apparently significantly younger cousin, as I'm realizing <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah, it's not my fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> wow. That is really like i mean i knew that i was older than you but it's very bizarre like i was a teenager whenever episode nine came out and that's the year i mean episode one came out and that's the year you were born okay well we can move on from that now (laughs) (laughs) well i mean see it's like even for me it's a it's a completely different experience from either of y'all right because i was 19 years old right when when Phantom Menace came out. Yeah. And and that was right before like online movie tickets became sales became a thing. Mm-hmm. Like in 1999, you couldn't go online, at least in this part of the country, you couldn't mm-hmm. maybe in big cities you could, I don't know, but you couldn't go online and buy your movie tickets. So I got to have that experience of, we stood in line for, with, you know, a thousand other Star Wars fans for 12 hours waiting, waiting to, to buy, buy tickets. tickets. That's unreal. And so, you know, I got to have that experience, the experience that my dad had in 1977. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that's really the thing that stands out to me about, Mm -hmm. about the Phantom Menace. Yeah. It was really, I got to have that experience right before that experience became no longer a thing. Right. So The Force Awakens is the first Star Wars movie you saw in theaters, Cameron. Is that, is that true? As far as I can remember, yes. Um, I just saw something uh, about episode nine. Ian McDermott confirms the Emperor is dead. Oh, yeah. Apparently, um, I'm trying to remember one of the interviews that I saw this weekend. He was saying he asked George Lucas. He was after, you know, he falls down the shaft. He's like, hey, George. Hey, Joe, hey, I, I, I think the Emperor is totally. He's like, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah. You know, because I think he was like angling like you because apparently even back then he was talking about making an episode seven. So I think Ian McDermott was angling to come back and he was like, no, he's dead. (laughs) That's what George Lucas told him. No, he totally dead. Uh, Oh, it was in in the episode one panel because he was talking. Then he got to come Mm -hmm. back and, and play that character again in episode one. So, yeah. But as far as the Mandalorian goes, one of the things that I've been crying out for in Star Wars is like, I want to see some of those old aliens back. I want to see hammerheads and Rodians yeah. and mm-hmm. and seeing all those things in that, in that, from what I can tell, you know, it's what we're watching is kind of grainy, but, you know, I, it's I saw grainy those. grainy and bootlegged. <laughs> right. But those aliens were there. Yeah. And that's so exciting to see it, those back. Yeah, this this really reminds me of a lot. I like the the concept art you see. It, it feels like that kind of style, mm-hmm. um, and like they go into the the um, the cantina or a what looks to be like a cantina or something like that, and and they um, that trailer and you see all those little a- those aliens and stuff and it just it it's really cool. Well, and really in in the new trilogy, we see really the only time we saw really exotic aliens was on Cantabite, and you know. 
Yeah, I mean, we've seen some aliens here or there. I mean, there are a few resistance pilots that mm-hmm. are that are aliens. And, you know, of course, Nyan Numb's been there and Akbar's yeah. been there. Yeah. But we've seen a few of those aliens. But not but- just the plethora of aliens that were clearly, no. like, Lucas felt strongly about. Right, but the truth is, when we saw the, the Moss Eisley Cantina mm-hmm. is far and away the most elaborate, and diverse. And diverse group of aliens that we have seen anywhere. See, there's all this talk about diversity in Star Wars, but where's the diversity <laughs> in aliens? <laughs> so, well, I mean, it's kind of understandable with, like, the Empire, because they kind of segregated them. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, you don't you don't see the aliens with them. I mean, that was the whole thing about Thrawn, was how much of an oddity he was within the empire and only had the role he had because the emperor was so impressed with him. So we've got all those aliens back, you know, we've got all the rumors. I mean, we see IG 88 in some of that footage. We know he's back. I'm still a little weirded out that he's voiced by Taika Waititi. Um, you saw Thor Ragnarok, right? Cameron. Yes. <laughs> you know, Taika Waititi voices, uh, Korg. Korg. Okay. Hey man, how's okay. it going? It's like, so I'm I'm very no, I'm anxious to hear IG88 because in my head he's Korg. Yes. And yeah. Who voices him in the Clone Wars? IG88. I do not know. Hmm. But that that whole panel, um, it was just so awesome to hear them talk, yeah. see all that footage. The character designs are fantastic. Yeah, they really The Mandalorian are. himself looks awesome. Yes. But what I was really excited about was seeing some of the other character designs yeah. um, for Cara um, Dune mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what is Carl Weathers' character? Oh, uh, Grief, Grief, Grief Marga? Something, yeah. And I don't I think, think Pedro Pascal is at all excited to be in a Star Wars movie, do you? <laughs> He's so that camera taking pictures of the audience. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I mean, he's excited. I think he kind of knew what he was getting into. I mean, it's clear he's a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Yeah. But I was laughing at uh, Gina Carano because mm-hmm. apparently she had absolutely no idea what she was getting into. No, yeah. she didn't expect that that audience to be as big. She said that in the panel. Yeah. And I think sometimes like people who have kind of been diehard Star Wars fans, you know, people like John Favreau, I think when they get into Star Wars, they're a little more prepared for what they're getting into. And then there are people who are like, yeah, I saw Star Wars and they cast in a Star Wars movie and they're like, oh my gosh, which I think is kind of where Gina Carano was. It was just like, right. What is this? It's like, this isn't just a stop on your press tour. This is like the Star Wars pilgrimage, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. But no, I, I'm, I'm really excited about, about this one. And of course, I'm, I'm a big fan. You know, Daniel, had, Daniel wasn't real into the idea of Mandalorians. I bet he's a lot more excited about it now mm-hmm. if he's seen this footage. Mandalorians are so cool. I mean, Mandalorians are so endearingly popular. I mean, to the point that there's the, the big Star Wars Groups are the Imperials, the Rebels, and the Mandos. Right. The well, Mandalorians have, like the have their own, yes. own costuming group. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's no other like single group of characters that have their own They're still like, group. this is the Naboo costuming group. I mean, like, why? <laughs> but they're sure enough Mandos. And like in Legends, they, you know, were beating the Jedi. 
Right. Well, they actually, um, they actually brought the Jedi Mandalorian more into canon and Rebels. Yep. Oh yeah. I they referenced it whenever Sabine was training with a dark saber, and also wasn't there a Mandalorian helmet on that, and on on Malachor? No, no, no. It was a. It looked like a temple. It, that's that's I'm, that's I'm wrong about that. But yeah, so they actually have brought yeah the, the Mandalorian war Jedi the complex. Mandalorian Jedi war is canon again. Yeah. So. Um. In fact, Sabine was specifically discussing how a lot of the Mandalorian technology was specifically to counteract Jedi advantages. So yeah, I mean they're they're pretty and they're just so popular. It's it's time that well, they did something a, else with the Mandalorian. It's like they said in the in the in that footage. You know, it it just harkens back you look at that armor and it harkens back to like a medieval knight mm-hmm. yeah in that armor and it's just because i mean boba fett by no account should have ever become as popular of a character as he did but a lot of times if you you know when you see polls for who's your favorite star wars character particularly mm-hmm. before the new stuff started yeah han solo is almost always at the top yeah and darth vader and luke and Boba Fett's always in the top five. Mm-hmm. It's like, and he's well, there for three seconds. Yeah. I mean, he, he just looks cool and he's got that like mysterious mm-hmm. vibe to him as well. Right. Well, and we've officially, officially declared that the Mandalorian is not Boba Fett. I think no. John Favreau said like three times, this is a new character you haven't seen before. <laughs> and they told well, us that. And, and they told us that from the very first yeah. thing that he dropped online months ago. Mm-hmm. But there have been people well, that and, have kept wanting, this is going to be Boba Fett's story. I still want Boba Fett. I want like, I want him to give us something on what happened to Boba Fett. Like whether he lived mm-hmm. or died or, you know, give us something Boba Fett. But I don't need it to be Boba Fett's story. I mean, Daniel Logan's still got another 20 years he can play Boba Fett if they decide to do something with Boba Fett. I'm not Fett. so sure that Tim Morrison couldn't still play Boba Fett. That's true. I, I well, mean, watch seeing him in Aquaman, I look at him and go, man, he could play somebody 15, 20 years younger than he actually is. Mm-hmm. No problem. See, in canon, Boba Fett's not a, an actual Mandalorian. Neither was Jango, right. right? Yeah, in, in so. current canon... The only thing we know is from an episode of the Clone Wars where Obi-Wan asks someone on Mandalore, a priest or somebody about Jango about Fett. Fett. Yeah, he and his re- Vizla, and I he think. basically says he's not a Mandalorian and I have no idea where he got that armor. Yeah. Well, it's not Mandalorian iron, so Oh, so it, it's um it's a imitation basically. Yeah. Is, that the, is that the story? So I think now he is from, you know, in Canon, he is from a Mandalorian control. He is from Mandalorian space. He's from a Mandalorian planet. He's from Concord Dawn, isn't he? Correct. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and we've talked about, I'm not going to go into it again, but we've talked about the fact that it would be, I think Django's story is more interesting if he was a Mandalorian. I really hope to see them give some kind of, and it's a perfect opportunity because the question's always been, is Boba Fett alive? This is a great opportunity with this guy basically doing what Boba Fett did. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's actually a Mandalorian by all accounts, but he's still the, the bounty hunter, the mercenary. and Which kind of seems to way that the, be the way the Mandalorians have gone. 
a lot of them kind of seem to have gone that route, the more outlaw kind of. Right. Well, see, that's the thing is like, we don't really know what, we know that the emperor suppressed Mandalore, but you know, during the, the reign of the empire, but we don't really know what came of Mandalore. Yeah. In a world after the emperor is gone. And that's, I really, I really think they're going to go into the lore here. I think we're going to mm-hmm. get some really cool backstory because they're not, you know, in the, in the galaxy, they're not a small group. I mean, there right. are dozens and dozens of planets that are Mandalorian controlled. So they're a large group. So it's going to be very interesting if you bring them back into play. Mm-hmm. Wasn't there some conversation about, on the panel, they were talking about you know, that they had been having discussions. Where were the Mandalorians during the original trilogy? Why don't we see them? You know, how does that, and, and that they, they s- seem to indicate they were going to address some of those questions. Yeah. I think that yeah, I think- they did talk about that. Um, but the Mandal, they, I feel like they addressed that in the rebels TV show. Well, rebels deals with them up until, but that's just prior to a new, yeah. a new hope. And we don't really know. I mean, we, we have the, we know that Maul took control of Mandalore. Right, at some point. At some point, controlled it. And then the Emperor took control of, you know, basically left Maul there as a puppet. And yeah. so we don't, yeah, you know, we got a lot of stuff. I mean, the last thing we see is just prior to A New Hope where they're talking about reunifying the clans. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, what, so. that's what Sabine is, is doing, right? Yeah. Most of that last season, she's not even there in the last season of Rebels. Until the very end. Right. So this this is like 10 years after that is where this it's, roughly is where this show picks up. It's five yeah, it's years five after years Jedi. After Endor. Yeah. yeah. Did you catch the Clone Wars trailer while you were there? No, I was stuck in the airport while <laughs> that was going. Yay snow, right? Yep. I was in there for like nine hours. But oh, I did wow. watch it later. Um, and that's probably what I'm most excited for because they, that's the show that I kind of grew up with. Right. And I, I'm so glad that they're finally finishing it yes yeah i'm super excited about it i and fe- it, from the looks of it they have the unfinished episodes and they're probably gonna finish them yeah they were saying they were using stuff from the unfinished episodes yeah um, there was one scene from that i saw the yeah. um, bad batch yeah well apparently we're getting a lot of bad batch in this yes so and it looks like we're just full-on doing the siege of mandalore so I'm excited to see where they go with it. Yeah. See um, how uh, Ahsoka and Rex supposedly die. Um, well, it's it's definitely going to be interesting because especially since they picked those characters back up in Rebels. Yeah. I mean, I'm assuming that Filoni did it a really specific way because he had an idea of what they were doing and where they were going. Um, so I'm really glad. I'm super glad somebody else isn't coming and picking it back up. I'm glad he's doing it. Yeah. Well, I don't think that. I think this is something that has probably been something that he has wanted to do. Probably been just mm-hmm. every time he gets a chance, say, "Yeah, hey, I want to do this." Yeah. And you know, with rebels over and him not being fully involved is heavily involved with resistance right it was a great time for him to come back and finish it i mean they had stuff um i I know some of the characters said it took them a little while to get that had been in rebels Mm -hmm. that it kind of they had kind of adjusted the characters right as these 
older characters and right. you know slightly change the way they talk and the way they you know address certain things and kind yeah. of had to really work mm-hmm. to get back into the Clone Wars era mm-hmm. version of those characters. Okay, so I have to say most exciting news of the whole weekend is that they they mocapped Ray Park for Darth Maul in the new Clone Wars episodes. Well, I think there's just I don't know how much he's Maul's actually going to be involved. I think there's going to be a big fight. Who cares? I mean, five well, I minutes of Ray th- Park mocapped. Yeah, I'm I mean, happy. I think we're getting. I think it's going to be a big fight between Ahsoka and um, Maul. and Maul. Yeah, and yeah, they mocapped Ray Park for an animated series. I mean, that's. I don't know. I don't know if that's been done before. I mean, clearly it's done for video games, which right. is essentially the same thing. It's pretty cool, though. But I don't know of anybody mocapping someone for an animated TV mm-hmm. series. And Sam Witwer obviously will voice the character. And that's kind of interesting because I know that they kind of had some back and forth um, for even for that, that short scene at the end of Solo. Yeah, so that was the good thing is they had worked together on Solo. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'm assuming they probably all did. I think all this was done about the same time. I think this Clone War stuff has been finished up for a while. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has as well. But they're but, just holding out on us. Yeah. They don't want I us mean, to see it. Well, there, there's been a bunch of, of mall stories recently. Yeah. So I don't know if they're going to do even more mall. Yeah. Well, I, th- for some reason, they, well, I kind of suspect that it has something to do with the fact that Sam Witwer, I think, is kind of obsessed with doing Star Wars things. And I think that Filoni likes working with him. So I kind of think they keep finding things for him to do. But yeah, I'm super excited about Clone Wars. In fact, we may have to actually go back and watch Clone Wars back from the beginning. You can't. They took it off Netflix. (gasps) Yeah, it went off like last week. They took it off Netflix. It it was right before Celebration. They they took it off Netflix. Say it ain't so. So we're probably not getting it back on digital until Disney+. Plus. Yeah, it's really the only reason I'm getting that. I mean, Disney Plus is gonna gonna have some good content, but I mean, yeah, for the Clone Marvel. Wars and the Mandalorian, I, I mean that that alone, yeah, is, which which is probably why they're putting so much effort into the Mandalorian. Yeah, is, I think so. So people will actually get this Disney Plus. Yep, exactly. Oh, I mean, there's, I mean, Star Wars fans are are sold. I mean, they're they're almost oh, a yeah. guaranteed buyer of well, the product at this and point. I think that they may. Okay, so CBS All Access made a big deal that they were only showing the new Star Trek series on CBS All Access, but it hasn't been universally popular. People aren't just going out in droves to get CBS All Access because they just love the new Star Trek series so much. And I think that Disney's not going to make that mistake. Well, Disney, this is a different animal than, than CBS All Access. CBS All Access, I mean, you're dealing with this limited pool of what's available. Oh, yeah, definitely. On launch day, Disney Plus is going to be the, is going to have more content than Hulu or Netflix Hmm. on their launch day. 
Yeah, they have all the Marvel, all the Star Wars. And everything they, the, they know, just the bought Disney. and everything they just acquired yeah. from Fox. I mean, oh, they yeah, even announced that. that all 300 episodes of The Simpsons will be on it at launch day. So is the new Clone Wars series going to be on Disney yes, Plus? Yes, it's Disney yes. Plus. Now, okay. I don't know if they said release day or not. I, they may hold it for I, a few I weeks. Don't th- I don't think I heard anything either. Uh, I feel like I they will just ass- release I feel like they'll do like a Game of Thrones type of thing where they just put it on one episode whenever they release it on on to TV. Oh, on Disney Plus. I mean, uh, actually, I think this season of Clone Wars is going to be exclusive uh, for Disney Plus. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it's an exclusive Disney Plus. So it'll Plus. be interesting to see if they go the Netflix route where they drop the whole season at one time or if they're going to go the Hulu route where they're like, you get an episode every week, Tuesdays at noon. And they didn't tell us that. If, if unless I'm mistaken, they didn't tell us that about the Clone Wars or about the Mandalorian. Hmm. Well, it's Disney, so they're probably going to do it one episode at a time. So that way you're forced to keep the service for more than a month. I mean, right. honestly, that makes more sense. And we've talked about it on here. I mean, for us, I want it one week at a time. Um, <laughs> I mean, because if... Because we if, wouldn't have be able to talk about it. I mean, who wants to talk about the whole series? We can talk about it one week at a time and drag it out indefinitely. Well, but if, if they drop it all at once, then if we want to actually put a podcast out that talks about it, right. we literally have to sit down the day it comes out and, and binge the entire thing. Which we totally won't do anyway. <laughs> But nah. I mean, I mean, Plus you're talking about ourselves. probably eight to ten hours of of footage, yeah, that you would have to consume instantly, um, you know, immediately, in order to get a competitive podcast out, right? So, I mean, that pretty much. I mean, the other thing, I mean, Cameron, do you do a lot of video games, or? I mean, not too much anymore. Okay, got homework. You're all in <laughs> school right. and busy. Without well, uh did you see the Jedi Fallen Order? Uh, yes, trailer? I. I might be buying that. Yeah. Just because got to support uh, the, the single player Star Wars games. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all about it. it. They're taking a risk making a single player yeah. game with no multiplayer. Um, Ooh. I mean, nobody's doing that right now. Yeah. Um, so, all the money's in multiplayer right now. Right. So, so they're, they're definitely taking a risk. So in it's making basically going to be like, I mean, have they done something like this since Lucasfilm did, um, I mean, this is kind of going to be a throwback to Force Unleashed or uh, Knights of the Old Republic kind of stuff where it's just a single player story. And when you get down, I can watch all the cutscenes. Well, see, this game was initially designed to be an open world game, a large open world game. And they decided to scrap that element of it and and put out this story out of I don't know why they scrapped that. I am excited about Respawn, the the game that I'm playing right now, Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. That's a Respawn Entertainment, okay. uh, which it works for EA. Respawn's making this game. And, okay. uh, right now, EA, uh, Respawn is really, really having a big year right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited that they're the ones that are putting it out. But yeah, the trailer looks amazing. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, looks it really good. Um, you know, we're going to finally get a story kind of set, mm-hmm. you know, we have the, the Canaan comic yeah. book or the, the, you know, that kind of lays right. out, but we want to watch it, you know, how he survived order 66, but right. you know, this is going to be your chance to play as a character and to survive right. order 66. So that's super exciting. I, I think hopefully people will 
it's Star Wars, so I think people will buy it. Oh um, yeah, it's it's immediate cash cow for EA. But, but I know it, a lot of a... people after Battlefront Two, a lot of people are still really upset with EA mm-hmm. over yeah, their handling of Battlefront Two, which. The story in Battlefront 2 is fantastic. It's really good. It adds a lot to kind of leading up to The Force Awakens. But the multiplayer on there, I mean, like you said, Cameron, multiplayer is, I mean, multiplayer is king right now. And that PvP multiplayer on Battlefront 2 is really bad. Like when you're getting, I mean, you've you've got a number of games. I mean, the... The Call of Duty games are better. Fortnite's better. Now Apex is kind of the king in the Battle Royale market. And all those shooters are better than Battlefront. Nothing should... There's no excuse for anything to be that much better than a Star Wars game. Disney has more (laughs) money than God. (laughs) Right. And I mean, mean, that's the thing. I mean, Fortnite, as far as being a shooter, it's third person. And their hitboxes, I mean, you know, hit detection is really bad but battlefront just feels really clunky so i haven't i haven't played it so quentin's a big fan. really voice an opinion on that <laughs> quentin is is that's his his jam currently is battlefront 2 so we've established that it's a big hit among six-year-olds <laughs> <laughs> all right so that pretty much covers all the stuff that i had down on the list the last thing on there is star wars celebration Anaheim 2020. Cameron, you going? See, I don't recognize where that is, so probably not. That's It's L.A. L.A.? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, probably not then. <laughs> yeah, that's like on the opposite side of the country from you. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm, I, that This one kind of made me broke, so. Yeah. yeah. Right? There is nothing that will bankrupt you quick. A big quicker. con will bankrupt you in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, just. We'll see. After that, now I'm more motivated, motivated to, you know, work on my my cosplay thing so that's where all my money's going right now yeah that's yeah. also an expensive hobby be warned yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to come uh check out dragon con with us this uh i mean this fall. I live right there so yeah you should we'll be there and my kids are super cute dragon con <laughs> is if, if you liked celebration if you like the whole con thing dragon con should be a bucket list con for anybody that likes going to those things yeah Oh yeah, I've always wanted to go. I mean, I I live right there, so. right. <laughs> and you have a cousin who literally every year is like, "Hey, Cameron, why don't you come with us to Dragon Con?" Well, I never had anything to to you know wear, but <laughs> I will now. You will now. So yeah, Hopefully. we're just uh, waiting for dates for Anaheim. I yeah. my intention is to go, but wait, really wait, let go, them announce the dates. Man, the thing about Anaheim was we have to fly. There's like no yeah. driving. If we go to Anaheim, I think we may be going without the kids, and there's going to be a riot. We could take a bus. Bus? You want to come ride our Star Wars bus, Greyhound Cameron? Greyhound way over there. Yeah. If Grammy and Grampy still had that uh, that RV, we could just all load up and just take a road trip. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm curious to drive. see dates for uh, for Anaheim. I would really rather not miss a cel- another celebration. Uh, I was really sad to miss this one, but we'll just have to see. Have to see if it works out. I was a little surprised it was Anaheim. I'm actually surprised they're having another event next year because mm-hmm. I don't know if they've ever done one two years back You're to right. back. I yeah. don't think they have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last one was 17 in Orlando, right? I, all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for the night. Marisha, do you have anything on the internet anywhere that you'd like to share? 
I've been posting pictures of my cute kids and their cute Star Wars costumes because even though we weren't there, I still have lots of pictures from you know previous <laughs> years. So you can find me on Instagram at princesses and padawans. And I'm also at princessesandpadawans.com, you know, like occasionally. All right, Cameron, uh, thanks for joining us tonight, man, and uh, filling in for our uh, our missing co-hosts. And and he was at Celebration, so he's more interesting yeah, anyway. Yeah, giving us some yeah. uh, insight I mean, on the con. You're and... not just interesting because yeah. you went to Celebration, you know, <laughs> but that uh, didn't hurt. help. <laughs> My name is Andrew Gore, and you can find me running the Twitter account for the Science Fictionary, uh, Coruscant Radio Underground, and for the kids' podcast, The Padawan Report. Um, that's at Sci underscore Fictionary. And you can find me running the sciencefictionary.com. And until next week, may the force be with you. <laughs>